0: Health is like money. We never have a true idea of its value until we lose it. Josh Billings. Stay tuned in this episode. Dr. Anshul Gupta is going to tell you how to reverse Hashimoto's. So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident, and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OB-GYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock-solid metabolism, lasting weight loss, and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now, I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. Thank you so much for joining me today. My guest today has his own story of healing from thyroid problems at midlife. And although he's a guy, thyroid problems are more prevalent in women, particularly Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is at epidemic proportions globally. And it is curable, y'all. In case no one sent you the memo and you have Hashimoto's and you have antibodies, you can get rid of the antibodies and reverse Hashimoto's. So I want you to listen up to this episode. Even if you don't have a thyroid problem and you don't have Hashimoto's, this episode is chock full of information from a board-certified family practice doctor and yours truly about how to find the underlying root causes of whatever problems you're having, even if it's not a thyroid problem. So take it from the two of us, both board-certified Medical doctors who had our own health crises and had to find answers. That's where you'll find the answers from a root cause resolution approach that will help you. Today, in particular, we're talking about Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So I'll tell you a little bit about Dr. Gupta, and then we'll get started. Dr. Anshul Gupta is a best selling author, speaker, researcher, and the world expert in Hashimoto's disease. He educates people worldwide on reversing Hashimoto's disease. He's board certified in family medicine, and he has advanced certification in functional medicine, peptide therapy, and he's also fellowship trained in integrative medicine. He's worked at the prestigious Cleveland Clinic Department of Functional Medicine alongside Dr. Mark Hyman and has helped thousands of patients to reverse their health issues by using the concepts of functional medicine. His dedication towards his patients was recognized when he was awarded Reader's Choice Best Doctor in Northern Neck Area. And he's now on a mission to help 1 million people reverse their health conditions. To achieve this mission, he has written a best-selling book called Reversing Hashimoto's, and he's also started a virtual functional medicine practice, a blog and a YouTube channel, so he can reach people from all over the world. His blog and YouTube videos have already reached more than two million people worldwide. Please welcome Dr. Anshul Gupta to the show. Thank you so much for having me over here, it's a pleasure. So, Hashimoto's thyroiditis is at epidemic proportions among women globally, and you really have narrowed in on this disease and how people can reverse it naturally. What got you so interested in Hashimoto's thyroiditis?
1: So, actually, like started with my own health journey. So, by training, I'm a family physician. So, just after finishing my family medicine residency, I was in a private clinic uh, doing family medicine work. But just a couple of years into my practice, I started getting a lot of symptoms. You know, I was getting a lot of tiredness by afternoon. I had to take a nap during my lunch hour just to kind of function. I was gaining a lot of weight, even though I did not change my diet or exercise. I was having a lot of gut issues, terrible stomach pain. And the pain will just hit me randomly any point in the day and could not figure out what was causing it. And afterwards, I would after I finished my clinic, I was just brain foggy. I was not able to concentrate on things, not remember things properly. But the main issue was this stomach pain I could not figure out. So I started taking acid reflux medication to see if it would help that did not do anything. Then I saw a GI specialist who did endoscopies, colonoscopies, blood works, ultrasounds, everything was normal. They added even more medications and nothing was working. I was having horrible stomach pain and everything was getting worse. That's where I found functional medicine. I got trained into functional medicine and made a protocol for myself, implemented a stepwise process of changing my lifestyle, changing supplements, everything within one month my stomach pain was gone. Within six months, I lost 40 pounds. You know, my energy levels were so up that even participated in a 5K Rugged Maniac. And for me, actually, I was never an athletic person, so for me to do that was a big thing. Uh, my brain fog went away you know like uh, my stomach was so good so that was a life-changing experience for me that my health completely transformed within a few months of kind of implementing the protocol then actually i got this opportunity to work at the cleveland clinic functional medicine center with dr mark hyman he wanted to do research in functional medicine i was absolutely interested into that when i started working over there i noticed that i was attracting these middle-aged females and they all had very similar issues as mine they were all tired they were all having weight issues they had gut problems they were all brain foggy and the common denominator was that they all had Hashimoto's disease and they were all following what the doctor wanted them to do of taking this medicine but still not getting better so that prompted me to research into Hashimoto's disease what is causing these females not to get better and what can be done So through my research, you know, I kind of found out there were like several reasons for that. And I developed this three-step process, which implemented in several females while working over there. And we saw phenomenal results. Not only their quality of life improved, we were able to improve their thyroid numbers, their antibodies went away, their thyroid medicines were reduced. So we saw those great results. So that actually prompted me to share this with even wider audience. And I wrote this book called Reversing Hashimoto's so that people kind of understand what is wrong with them and how they can get better.
0: Yes. So physician healed thyself, you healed yourself, and then you're proceeding to help other people. And so what really, What do you want to talk a little bit about your three-step process for Hashimoto's?
1: Absolutely. Uh, So in Hashimoto's disease, a lot of people actually don't know is that it is very different from hypothyroidism. Hashimoto's disease is an autoimmune condition where your body is actually producing antibodies to destroy your own thyroid gland. And when people are going to the regular doctors and getting levothyroxine medicine, that is supporting the thyroid gland, but not doing anything to address the underlying problem of autoimmunity or inflammation. So that's the very first step. We need to know why our body is producing these antibodies. So that's the first step that, you know, we have identified root causes. That play a role. So in very first step, we actually want people to identify their root causes because everybody has different root causes that are playing a role. So I mm-hmm. identified five major root causes, uh, big classes of root causes that play a role. So those are food sensitivities, nutritional deficiencies, toxins, chronic infections, and stress. So, all of these combined together actually lead to Hashimoto's disease. Now, most of the people are looking for just one root cause. And once they find one root cause, they stop then and there, they do not do a complete evaluation. It's very important to understand that most people will have at least two plus root causes which are playing a role together to cause Hashimoto. So that's the very first step, people to understand what is root causes and what are their root causes that are playing a role. And then in the second step, we start actually fixing, you know, like this thyroid, which has been destroyed because of inflammation and autoimmunity. So in that aspect, you know, we have created this mitothyroid diet, where we are focusing on actually uh, two aspects of things. First of all, removing foods, which are destroying the thyroid gland, and then actually including foods, which are healing for the thyroid gland and reduces inflammation in the body so that's the aspect of this like a diet that we do get people started on and plus the supplements supplements which are again supporting the thyroid gland which are have shown that they can help hashimoto's patients reduce their antibodies and get better so that's the second step start healing the process and the mm-hmm. last step or the third step is removing the toxicities so in that aspect we work on removing the stress component by kind of help them incorporating stress reduction techniques and removing toxins by living in a toxin-free environment. And the third thing is removing infections, the chronic infections, which can be parasites or Lyme disease or Bartonella or Babesia, any of those chronic infections are playing a role. Mm-hmm. So that's the complete three-step process which I recommend for people that you know can help definitely improve the quality of life and also improve their antibody numbers.
0: Right. I, I thought it was interesting that you said most people only look for one root cause and then they stop. but the, really in traditional medicine, they don't look for any root causes. You'll find millions of women being treated, treated, I say in quotation marks, for Hashimoto's thyroiditis because are they really being treated if the underlying cause is not being treated? I'd argue no. They're just being placed on Synthroid and left. And Meanwhile, their immune system is destroying the thyroid gland further and further and further, year after year after year. And so no real healing occurs. So I love your approach and that you've got this three-step process to find the underlying causes, plural. It's usually never one. I say that, These uh, causes in functional medicine are kind of like ants at a picnic. There's never just one. (laughs) There's always (laughs) way more than one. You mentioned in your second step, you help them to identify healing thyroid foods to add to the diet and hurting thyroid foods. Do you want to talk a little bit about what some of those healing and hurting foods might be for the thyroid?
1: Absolutely. So let's first start with the food which are hurting the thyroid. So again, we have good amount of research that suggests that diet can play a good important role so in that aspect you know like certain foods you know causes something called food sensitivities so that food sensitivity ultimately leads to leaky gut issues and the leaky gut ultimately you know is an important role in Hashimoto's disease so a lot of people don't know the difference between food sensitivities and food allergies they think that both of them are same so kind of a little bit plug in over here that you know they're totally different things Food allergy is a condition, let's say like if you have a peanut allergy, you eat peanuts, suddenly you are like blow up like a balloon or like you know you have highs all over your body, you have difficulty breathing, you land up in the emergency room. That's food allergy. Food sensitivity is that, let's say you eat gluten and your body says, hey gluten, I don't like you, but it's okay. So they start producing very small amount of antibody against gluten. And then slowly and slowly these antibodies actually start attacking your thyroid gland and that's what food sensitivity is all about. So you've seen several food which actually can lead to Hashimoto's by this food sensitivity method. One of them is gluten. The second one is dairy. The third one is soy. Then comes corn. Then sugar is another thing which actually works in a different method, not in food sensitivities. But sugar hijacks our immune system and can again kind of play an important role in Hashimoto's. And then comes the processed food and the processed meats. We have to stay away from those also. So I think these are all the food aspects that you know we have kind of decent amount of research that suggests that that is the first step of removing these foods. Now, in certain situations when their Hashimoto's antibodies are really very high or they're really having worse symptoms, sometimes we might have to also remove lectin-containing foods which can be the nightshades, sometimes which can be in like nuts and seeds and things. But I think for a normal person with Hashimoto's and other things, starting with removing the first five categories is great. And then if they're not getting the results, then moving and removing the other categories are important. So these are the foods to remove. Then Mm -hmm. what are the foods that we should include that are thyroid healing foods? So in that aspect, antioxidant-containing foods, especially non-starchy, colorful vegetables are really very important because each and every color that vegetables have carry a different antioxidants and that helps support the thyroid gland in kind of reducing inflammation and also provides them the right vitamins and minerals to again support the production of the thyroid hormone so definitely the more colorful your diet is the better it is especially coming from the non-starchy vegetables then comes a good quality fats again you know like we are living in a world where fats have been shammed really bad Every kind of fat is really bad. But what we know is that there are good fats and there are bad fats. So it's very important to educate people about good fats. Because each and every cell of our body is lined with good fat. Our brain, 60% of them are made with fat. So our body needs good fat. So in that aspect, again, fatty fishes are great. Avocados are good. If we can tolerate nuts and seeds like chia seeds, flax seeds, you know, like those are again good options. Olive oils, coconut oils. Those are good fats that are definitely thyroid-supporting foods. Then comes the good quality protein, You know whether it's coming from fish, chicken, or if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, again, coming from nuts and seeds, or your lentils and legumes. Again, very important to have good quality protein because all those amino acids are again needed for your thyroid gland and in body in general to kind of keep the immune system in good check. Then, you know, like again, uh, another things are certain spices like turmeric and ginger, again, are great to include because again, they have like, you know, great anti-inflammatory properties which supports your thyroid gland and again, help with detoxification and your body to function better. So these are all thyroid healing foods that should be included. Then obviously, if you want to include certain grains so gluten-free grains like quinoa and brown rice can also be an option just to kind of support Mm -hmm. your, complex carbohydrates and your body needs.
0: Yes, and this quote you shared with me before we started from Josh Billings, health is like money. We never have a true idea of its value until we lose it. I know when a lot of people hear the foods that you just mentioned to add, they think that it's going to be expensive to eat that way. To eat to support their thyroid. And I find that a lot of people, when you tell them the foods that you want them to eat, which is a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables and high quality proteins and fats, say, Oh, that's gonna be expensive. I can't afford that. What what do you say to that? How do you help them work through that?
1: So again, you know, it's as you all you suggested, that it's kind of a misconception for a lot of people that, you know, everything mm-hmm. is so expensive. It's all about planning. We say that, okay, well you just have to plan your meals around it and you have to look for like local grocery stores you don't have to like shop at the expensive grocery stores or going to whole foods or anything go to your local stores which you know can have easily these produce which are at a very cheaper price and again you know the quantity of these things when you eat them you don't have to eat a huge quantity because you get full very easily by eating all Mm -hmm. those veggies and things so then you're not consuming them so much, and again, if you're meal planning and cooking at home, then again you're saving all that money that you'll be, you know, like uh, spending when you're going to outside in restaurants. So in actually long run, people actually save money by eating this kind of diet and cooking food at home. And by cooking, again, a lot of people say, well, I'm in a very busy job. You know, I have so many different responsibilities. I don't have the time because that's, again, a very important thing for a lot of people, the limitation of the time. But again, I tell people it doesn't take too much time. You know, you, we have ways for people to kind of, you know, uh, work around with the limitation of the time they have. Do batch cooking, do cookings on the weekends, you know, then you can save that food for later on also. Again, like easy recipes, you don't have to go for complicated recipes which require an hour or so. Easy recipes with certain ingredients, again, make it so much easier for people to cook and also like, you know, uh, sustain their jobs and also their like responsibilities. So I think this is easily done within the budget, as well as within the time constraint that a lot of people have.
0: Yeah, I agree. And when I started on my functional medicine journey, probably like, oh, what, 15 years ago, I had to learn how to cook some new things. And I went and got these kind of used cookbooks. I think I got eight of them. And that had a lot eliminated a lot of the foods that you mentioned for thyroid. I don't have Hashimoto's, but I did have hypothyroidism. And I just learned several of the recipes from there that I could cook that eliminated gluten, dairy, corn, all the things that you mentioned. And at first, it was like learning any new skill, and it was challenging. And then after a while, it became second nature. So I just want to encourage anybody listening that... If I can do it, you can do it for sure. I promise you. <laughs> you didn't mention cruciferous vegetables like broccoli. I know I've seen on social media, sometimes you'll see a lot of these little memes saying, oh, you shouldn't eat broccoli if you have Hashimoto's. And I'm just wondering if you can kind of settle that for people, if that's an issue or not.
1: Absolutely. Again, yes, I totally like you know uh, forgot to mention that point. So cruciferous vegetables is a complete myth this actually started like you know uh, around 20 years ago we had this very small research study on rabbits where they were fed a lot of cruciferous vegetables like excessive amount for their like weight And they saw that, you know, like uh, the absorption, you know, like of thyroid medicine from their gut was a little bit on the lower side. So that prompted a discussion. All these are goitrogens and, you know, they should be completely avoided. Now, 20 years ago, the main reason of hypothyroidism was not Hashimoto's. It was actually low iodine. So that was a legitimate concern at that point of time. But now, coming forward in 20th century, we rarely see iodine deficiency as the number one reason. The Mm -hmm. number one reason currently through research is Hashimoto's disease. More than 70% of people who are having hypothyroidism, the main reason is Hashimoto's. And we have a couple of research studies which clearly suggest that cruciferous vegetables are really good for Hashimoto's. Because first of all, cruciferous vegetables are high in different vitamins and minerals, like iron content, vitamin K, you know, like and other minerals like mm-hmm. magnesium and things. And plus, they have antioxidants like quercetin, which again very helpful for your thyroid gland. And plus, they have a detoxifying compound called sulforaphanes, mm-hmm. which help to remove toxins from your liver, help support your liver. So they are actually so nutrition, so good. So definitely, they are very very useful and. If you have Hashimoto's disease, then I think they should be part of your diet.
0: I will second that. I say amen. Eat your crucifers, your cauliflower, broccoli, asparagus, Brussels sprouts. They're so good for you. And and, and it's really been a myth on social media. And there are so many foods you do need to cut out. Don't cut out the ones you don't need to cut out like broccoli. So eat. Your broccoli. You mentioned iodine, and there's a lot of controversy about iodine use in people with Hashimoto's. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Actually, again, that a very important point because again, the traditional way, even a lot of naturopaths or like a like you know natural medicine people, they are putting people on very high doses of iodine if they have a di- if a thyroid problem. But what they're not understanding is that the research is very clear in Hashimoto's disease specific people. Too little of iodine can cause Hashimoto's disease, but too much of iodine can also cause Hashimoto's disease. So we have to be right in the middle of that. And the problem is this, we do not have a perfect test to check for iodine in a person's body. We do have this blood test, we have this urine test, you know, which can be done. But again, those are not a perfect measure of things. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, you know, the problem that we go into. So I don't recommend people on going on very high doses of iodine. I think if you can replenish iodine through food, that is definitely the first good source. So all that seafood, if you are eating like sea vegetables, like seaweeds, those are great resources for that. If you are not able to do that or you don't like them, that's where, you know, like a little bit of iodine into your supplements, like up to 200 micrograms, I think that's Mm -hmm. a decent amount to do it. But some people are doing like 1,000 micrograms or 2,000 micrograms a day. And clearly that might be actually harming their thyroid by harming their Hashimoto's rather than actually helping them.
0: You mentioned sea vegetables, and I find that that's foreign to a lot of particularly Western diets. And so that's something that you can get recipes from cookbooks. And I say if you don't like them or you think you don't like them, Try them again, get some new recipes and try them in different ways. I found this great recipe for a hijiki shrimp salad with some wasabi that's amazing. And I don't think most people aren't familiar with hijiki. So just try some different ones and expand your food vocabulary. I think that'll serve you. You talked about some of the root causes that people have to identify. You mentioned toxins, stress and infections. How does somebody go about addressing these? Because there's some people listening who they have a traditional doctor. Do you think that, the average person can educate their traditional doctor to be able to do the proper investigation to under, identify the underlying root causes, or is this something that will require specialist evaluation?
1: Yeah, most of the regular doctors do not understand the concept of root causes. That is completely foreign to them. Because again, you know, like being a conventionally trained family physician, I was seeing tons of Hashimoto's patients before also. And whenever somebody says, What should I be eating? I will say, just go and home and eat whatever you like. Right. You whatever know, you like. <laughs> yeah. So I've done that myself. So I know that the conventional doctors would not be able to understand. It's nothing wrong that they have a bad reason for it. It's basically they're not trained into that. So that's the reason they do not know the concept of you know root causes. So that's where coming to a specialist like a functional medicine or an integrative medicine specialist who understands the concept of root cause approach will be the best bet for doing it. And the other problem is that a lot of conventional labs actually are not equipped to test for all of these things. So that's where, you know, these advanced functional medicine labs are the way to go for it. If you want to know what kind of toxins are there, how much is there, and do we have any kind of, you know, infections going on in the gut? All of those things, you know, or other infection like Lyme disease and things. Regular doctors do not have access to it. So then working with a specialist would be useful in that aspect.
0: Yeah, I think it's so true in my OBGYN training, never once did I hear or say the word the words root cause. It's just not a concept in mainstream medicine. It's you treat the symptom when the with a drug or surgery. And when the symptom is gone, you claim victory. But meanwhile, other problems are accruing. And I'm wondering if you could talk about, we don't have time to go through all of the different root causes. You've got that in your book. We're definitely gonna have links to all of your resources in the show notes. But what are some of the most surprising, common, underlying root causes you think are often missed that people should be looking for? I think the
1: number one root cause that a lot of people are not aware of or get missed is the toxins. I think 90% of my clients, you know, like who have Hashimoto's disease are dealing with some or the other kinds of toxins. And the problem is this, most of these toxins, a lot of people are not even aware that their environment has these toxins. So first of all, you know, we have these heavy metals like lead and mercury and arsenic and aluminium they are hidden into a lot of different things that we are using on the regular basis now again our food might actually be contaminated with them also like you know fishes a lot of times can have high mercury unless you know we are making a choice of you know uh, getting fish from a good source, lead is actually frequently contaminated in the water. So again, like if you don't have a proper filtration system, we might be getting exposed to it. Certain kind of spices actually we talked about uh, like you know turmeric and ginger and other things. If they're coming from Asian countries, then again they can be actually contaminated with lead. Rice can have arsenic. So you see like you know I'm not saying to eat not eat all of these things. What I'm saying is that unless we have a high index of suspicion. These toxins might be hidden there. So this is just the heavy metals. Then comes the mold toxins. You know, like, you know, in our environment, we are seeing more and more people being affected with mold toxins, whether that is in their houses, whether it's in the workplaces, whether it's in the Airbnbs or hotels they might be spending time into. All of these spaces might have mold toxins that they are totally unaware of. Then comes the environmental toxins. Each and every day we are producing more and more chemicals, right? And these chemicals definitely are affecting our body in a very negative fashion. So whether that was like pesticides or glycosides, you know, like which are coming through our food, or whether those are like other environmental toxins, like several cleaning products we are using in our house. And the last amount of toxins, are especially for females, all that skincare products they are using, starting from the soaps and cosmetics they are laden with toxins most females think oh it's this, just this on my skin but you and me know that the skin is the biggest organ of our body anything we put on the skin can get absorbed into our bloodstream and can reach thyroid and over the course of days to weeks to years that toxin load keeps on increasing and again kind of hijacks our immune system and starts attacking our own thyroid gland so i think the very first thing people should start looking is their environment and start looking to reduce the amount of toxin exposure that they are having by buying cleaner products, by kind of buying cleaner cosmetics, you know, kind of trying to eat organic if possible, you know, all those things. In that actually there's a great resource, you know, which your users might already know is like EWG, which is the Environmental Working Group. Great website, has a great app, a lot of good resources. You can actually check your cosmetic products over there, and you can actually find cleaner products over there that you can buy. So that's a great resource for a lot of people to use.
0: Yes, I love the Environmental Working Group. That's a wonderful resource. You said early on, talking about the different underlying root causes that you have to have a high index of suspicion. And as you were saying that I was thinking in 2023, the fact that you're a human on the planet at this time with all the toxins that we have, and all the molds that we have, and all of these micro infections. Really, most everyone who has Hashimoto should be checked for all of these heavy metals, molds, et cetera, don't you think?
1: Absolutely. Yes. You know, I totally agree with that. As I said, almost every client that I see, if we are doing a toxin test on them, they do have some or the other hidden toxins in their system. So it is like given that they will be having, you know, like toxins in the system and everybody should be checking for them. So now they know which toxins they are dealing with. Because not all toxins are the same and the protocols can be different for different toxins. So you have to do that specific protocol to remove that particular. But definitely toxins are playing a major role in almost every client of mine. Mm -hmm. You know, like we work on their detox system to
0: remove the toxin. It's so true. And another quote you shared from Kevin Trudeau, most people have no idea how good their body is designed to feel, I think is applicable here. I do talk to women who have Hashimoto's and they've had part of an evaluation. They've had looking for maybe one root cause or two root causes, but they never get to the place where they say, oh my gosh, I didn't know I could feel this good. Can you talk a little bit about how persistent does a woman need to be? How diligent does she need to be? But also how does a woman know when she's gotten to that place where she's addressed all the underlying causes And she feels as good as she can feel. How does she know when she's gotten there and how does she get there?
1: So again, you know, like unless you do the protocol, unless you change things, you do not know how good you can feel because it's been years. People that come to see us have been suffering, have not been in good shape in their health for years. And sometimes like after some time that becomes your second nature. Oh, well, yes, I'm tired, so what's the big thing? Oh, well, you know, I'm not able to exercise, so what's the big deal? Well, my mood changes very frequently. I don't feel the joy in my life anymore, so what? You know, that's kind of middle age that happens with everybody, right? Oh, I'm brain foggy because I'm getting old, right? So these are the excuses, right? A lot of women, you know, have been told. They are not kind of you know thinking about these things, but people around them, or when they go to the doctors or any of the providers, they tell them, oh, that's normal to feel this way. But let me tell you, that is not normal. You should not be feeling this way. If you have feeling that your quality of life is not the same as before, then certainly you are missing out on things. And if you feed your body with the right things, if you kind of, you know, remove all the toxins from your system, then your body gets better. So most of our females, like within a few months, they kind of not cannot imagine how good they can feel. Like going from like having a couple of naps in a day to actually going out to the gym and starting a workout or doing a marathon. A lot of clients are doing it. Not able to lose weight from losing like, you know, 15, 20 pounds is very normal in within four to five months for a lot of females. And actually not knowing what is clarity of mind because they have been so confused or overwhelmed all the time with all the responsibilities and suddenly now they become so organized because they have that mental clarity to kind of do things and perceive what needs to be done so these are bigger changes like you know like you know impacts the quality of life and now they actually see like the world in i say kind of hd space because first they were looking at world in an sd or like just a normal way now mm-hmm. suddenly that the whole world becomes hd they want to f- feel alive again they say i want to do things and i can do things that's the biggest like you know uh, thing that almost each and every year of our client when they work with us they said you know i just feel that i got my life back again
0: yeah and that really is what it should feel like i mean i'm in my 50s and i've never felt better most of the time i should say of course i have my days but if you're getting the answer from your providers that oh it's normal to want a nap at midlife and you shouldn't have a great sex drive and you it's okay to have lost your joy and medicate yourself with wine and chocolate run right run to someone who can actually help you and i love this that's not han quote that you also shared and because it really speaks to kind of my philosophy on health keeping your body healthy is an expression of gratitude to the whole cosmos the trees the clouds everything i really do believe that we we have not only a right to optimum health but we have an obligation can you talk a little bit about what this quote that you shared means to you
1: yeah i think you know like we have forgotten what it feels like to be healthy first of all a lot of people are just kind of relying on medications to do their job and just kind of take their health to the next level. And that's not a reality. I'm not against medications, absolutely. If you need the medications, you need it. But medications are just one tool in your toolbox that can make you feel better. There are several other tools. So your physical health definitely is one tool that you need to improve, but your mental and spiritual health is another tools that we need to focus on. And a lot of times, you know, I think we have this disconnect, you know, like in our modern world we are living, where we just feel the physical health takes the priority and that's the only thing we need to focus on. And less and less people are focusing on the mental aspect of things and the spiritual aspects of things. So I think those are the things that we definitely need to kind of build that purpose you know, of our life where we need to get better. We need to get the quality of life, not only for ourselves, but also for our family, for our friends, for our kids, for everybody around us. Because what I've seen is that females are the center place in a family and if one female gets healthy everybody around them actually suddenly becomes healthy a lot of times you know like females come to see me well you started me on this protocol and things you know and i'm i'm mainly cooking in the house so my husband has already lost like 35 pounds and I'm already lost only to 15 pounds and I will say well that's good at that least you lost 15 but we see these very often their husband's health are getting better suddenly their mom's health are getting better the kids are doing good in the school much better than before right so you're not yes. just doing it for yourself you're doing it for your family and everybody else and it's very important to focus on the mental and the spiritual aspect of health that is definitely one of the missing pieces a lot of people do not pay attention to.
0: I wholeheartedly agree. I think that that mental aspect, the emotional aspect, the spiritual aspect, and how do you tell people to start addressing that in their lives? I find that sometimes people who have a particular religion they don't want to talk about that in terms of spirituality in terms of their physical health. And so I'm just wondering how you approach that. I think the
1: way I approach is that, you know, like we have clearly have research studies that say that if you are stressed out, that is definitely a very big cause of Hashimoto's disease. And again, stress can be physical, mental and spiritual. So I tell them that, you know, that is happening. This contributed you know in your disease process and unfortunately your disease process is making you feel not so good and that is again leading to more stress in all of these aspects of your life whether it's physical mental or spiritual so i tell them you know like whatever activity you like to participate you like to do start doing those things that reduces the stress whether that is meditation whether that is prayer You know whether that is kind of being a part of a community or a group or deep breathing exercises anything that resonates with you is very important to incorporate just for a few minutes 10-15 minutes in your day is going Mm -hmm. to change your life You're going to kind of break that stress cycle and going to start making you feel better so that's where you know and again internet is good in that aspect you have all these different kinds of meditations depending on what religion or belief system that people have, you know, it is our level. So I try to kind of encourage people to look inside of themselves and kind of find that happy place, you know, that kind of brings joy to them. And they want to go to that place again and again, every day basis, because if they're finding joy, that kind of motivates them to go to that place every day. So I try to help them to find that happy
0: place mm-hmm. of them. Yes, you have to deal with the stress and find your joy. And I think it really is worth it. I think that so many women with Hashimoto's believe that it's a life sentence and that they're never going to regain their physical capacity in terms of energy, sex drive, uh, mindfulness, or mental capacity or memory, whatever it is. And on a daily basis, I see women go from having very high th- anti thyroid antibodies to none whatsoever, undetectable. And I'm wondering. If you could share your experience with that and give people the hope that they really deserve to have that this is pretty reversible.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So we have obviously several stories about it, but, you know, I'm just kind of currently working with this client, you know, had amazing story. A young female, uh, 34 years of age, came to see us six months ago, was given a diagnosis of Hashimoto's four years ago, but she had symptoms even before that. She was again like a mom of two kids so after the second pregnancy is where her symptoms started she was tired all the time she started gaining weight and was not able to lose that weight she was having horrible stomach bloating and like constipation issues doesn't matter what she eats she will just feel like she was bloated all the time because of that she was having a lot of mood changes sometimes she will feel low mood sometimes stressed out or anxious So she kept on going to doctors, something is wrong with me, they kept on doing only one blood test, which was the TSH, which was initially normal. She was told, well, maybe you're just stressed out, maybe you need to see a psychiatrist or a counselor. So she obviously saw a psychiatrist, even tried medications, but actually backfired. She felt worse, so she stopped the medicines. After three or four years, you know, after going through all this ordeal, finally her TA search did show that she has hypothyroidism. So she was happy, oh, well, finally I found it and I'm going to get this medicine, everything will be okay. She was starting on the medicine, no changes. She was still feeling the same way as she was feeling. Again, a couple of years into that, she started researching on the internet. What was going on? Then somebody suggested maybe you have Hashimoto's disease. So She went to a doctor and asked them to check the antibody levels. And bingo, obviously, she had Hashimoto's disease. But a regular doctor said, well, what if you have Hashimoto's disease? Your protocol or your program is going to be the same. Your thyroid numbers are within normal limits, the TSH. So I'm going to put you on the same medicine. So that's where she was completely disheartened and lost hope that she could actually get better. So that's where she started looking into functional medicine. She found me and then started working with us. Her antibody levels were like, you know, 1,200 or so, very, very high. Mm -hmm. Although thyroid numbers, the TSH was in normal limits. she was taking the medicine. So then the first thing we did was that, again, we looked at what are the potential root causes playing a role. So then she had some toxin exposures, like the mold toxins. She moved into this new house five years ago, and that's where her symptoms got worse. She was exposed to a lot of stress at different parts in her life which again was playing a role. And plus, you know, she had gut issues. You know, like we found that she had candida infection in her gut. So we made a stepwise plan, you know, like focused on the lifestyle changes, put her on some supplements, kind of addressing all of these underlying root causes. And slowly and slowly, a couple of months into our protocol, again, amazing things happened. Her energy came back. She was a busy professional, actually. She was running her own private like, business. But she was not able to pay attention because she was so tired. But now, actually, she doubled her business. You know, like she was going on vacations with her k- kids all the time. She was able to participate in kids' activities. You know, she already lost 11 pounds, you know, like working with us. And mm-hmm. then the biggest was out from that 1,100, within six months, her antibodies levels came back to zero. Yes. So the doctor completely flipped out. She said, I've never seen that happening. I think this is a lab <laughs> error. I think we need yeah. to repeat it. She said, no. I am working on it. So I believe that. She said, no, I don't believe it. I would like to repeat it. She said, I am not paying for it. She said, I don't. She said, I will. Doctor said, I will pay for it. Don't worry. Like, I'll make sure you do not get charged. She repeated the blood test. And again, the antibodies levels were undetectable. Doctor said, I don't know what you're doing, but something you're doing is working. Keep doing that. So she was so happy that finally, you know, like not only my numbers are better, my life is back. She said, you know, this is a complete win-win situation for her now.
0: Absolutely. So if you're listening and you're suffering with Hashimoto's or if you've got health concerns, you're tired, overweight, any unresolved health concerns or symptoms, definitely get checked. Um, If you have some of the most common symptoms of thyroid disorders like being tired or keeping weight on, being constipated, losing your hair, having dry skin, brittle nails anxiety, depression, mood disorders, memory disorders. I mean, the list is extremely long. So really for a woman, if you're having any health symptoms, you need to get your thyroid properly checked. And that doesn't mean a standard of care thyroid profile. It means seven or eight parameters that are done Uh, by a doctor who understands root cause identification, who understands root cause resolution, like Dr. Gupta. Dr. Gupta has some amazing resources for you. We're going to put links in the show notes to his book, to his YouTube channel, to his website, and also to his thyroid quiz. Do you want to tell them a little bit about the thyroid quiz?
1: Yeah, so again, you know, like a lot of people are having this question: How do I know what root root causes I have? So obviously, like you know, we do not have a perfect way, but you know, like based on my kind of research and working with a lot of people, I kind of put together this quiz, where people can answer kind of a couple of or a bunch of questions, and that can actually tell them that whether that particular root cause, you know, they should be looking into that or not. So after taking this quiz, they actually, you know, like all those five categories of root causes, they get a score in each category and that can tell them like what multiple categories they need to focus on to actually improve their thyroid and that those are the categories that might be the major root causes for those people so very easy quiz you know like people can maybe finish off in like five or ten minutes but then they get a great kind of score that way in each category to know if they have no idea what root causes might be playing a role
0: Great. Thank you so much for that resource. If you are having any of the symptoms we've been talking about, I encourage you to go to the link that will be in the show notes and take the quiz. Read Dr. Gupta's book. If you've got Hashimoto's, you suspect you've got it. He really knows what he's talking about in terms of identifying and fixing the root causes. Reversing Hashimoto's is possible and it's probable if you take the right steps so i encourage you to do that thank you so much for the work that you're doing dr gupta and thank you so much for joining us today
1: oh it's a pleasure being over here i totally like admire the work that you are doing especially in women's health space helping so many people and sharing so much knowledge you know like so i think you're giving hope to millions and millions of women out there that you know they can get their life back. So thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: Thank you. And thank you, listener, for joining us for another episode of the hormone prescription with Dr. Kieran. I hope that you've learned something today that you can put into action to take steps to move your health to the brilliant health that you deserve. It's available to you at any and every age. I look forward to hearing what steps you take and what outcomes you have on social media. So find me at Kieran Dunstan on Instagram or Facebook, and I will see you next week. Until then, peace, love, and hormones, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve.